Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet, the flooring experts. I got floor.com. on KMOX, so you pretty much know what the weather's like. You, just, you know, you went through this morning, whether you slid and fell uh, on the ice or your car was out of control or you just got to stay home and build a fire. Very lucky. Just sit around, watch some shows, listen to the radio. We'll entertain you. Uh, Rach is out. She is in Japan this week. Just texted with her earlier, and they're having a great time, and they're in Tokyo now. Uh, Trisha was sitting in with us. Tomorrow we'll have Trish Gazelle and uh, then a few more of our friends over the week. Uh, Cardinals news, right? Yeah, we just had some uh, within the last couple of minutes. They avoid, It's not a huge piece of news, but um, it's good news. They uh, they avoided arbitration with Tommy Edmond and signed him to a two-year deal. So, you know, th- the difference in their numbers this year, I think, was like 450000 which seems like a really dumb yeah, thing to have a hearing feelings. over. Right. So why have a hearing over that when you could just, you know, settle it? And instead of just settling it, they actually made it a two-year deal instead of a one-year deal. So it's good. good. Yeah, I mean, it's he's good. supposed to be your your everyday center fielder. And if your young shortstop struggles, he'll be your shortstop. So it's a valuable player when you can put somebody defensively pretty much anywhere on the field. I really like him. You know, he's he's an incredibly useful player for a good team, right? Because he you, you can play him at second, third, short. You can play him everywhere in the outfield. Yeah. He's fast. I know there's... But I, he's got one downside. What's that? He does not hit right-handed pitching particularly well. Yeah, that's well. what you said. Yeah. But again... It's not like he's useless in that way. It's just a pretty significant weakness, but he kills lefties. So yeah. if you can mitigate that by having a stronger lineup, he's a really good all-around player. So I know they're two different guys, two different players, two different positions, but compare contrast him with Newt Bar. So Newt is a different guy in the sense that like, he is the guy that draws some walks and has power. Not, and when you say power, it's yes, it means home runs, but it also means just extra base hits. Um, the thing that Newt has had as a difference maker is that he's been hurt. He's missed a good bit of time the last couple of years, and it's hard to kind of establish yourself as an everyday player when you're out for a month here, you're out for three weeks there. But in terms of the kind of player, Edmund is, is comfortable defensively everywhere. I think Newt Barr is a good corner outfielder, probably not ideal in center, probably below average in center, but in the left, left field, right field, he's going to play left field this year. He should be a good left fielder, I would think. 
um, with enough power, little bit of speed, where Edmund is little bit of power, but a lot of speed and just an overall great defensive player. Yeah. I mean, he's not a gold glover. I mean, he, he's a gold glover at second base. Remember, mm-hmm. you're, do you remember when we joked about, I don't want to say joked, but when I was picking on some Cardinal fans that were mad that they let Colton Wong go, they were really you know, like, oh, he's a gold glover. I'm like, Tommy Edmond will be just fine at second base. And of course he was a gold glover at second base. He's probably only gold glove there, but he's still excellent in the outfield. So and why passable not just at short. make him an everyday second baseman? Because they don't have anywhere else to play Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman, who are more limited than Edmund, right? Edmund can play anywhere, which is where his value is. Mm-hmm. And he was good in center field la- mm-hmm. last year. Like, not just passable. He was good because he's really fast, and he's got great instincts, so he gets good jumps and takes direct routes. Um, Gorman is naturally a third baseman, but he's moved to second because Nolan yeah. Arenado exists. And then Donovan is versatile, but not like Tommy Edmund, and the difference is mostly speed. If uh, if Goldie were to retire in the next couple of years or, or move on, yeah, he's a free agent after the year. Yeah, yeah. would you like Gorman at first? That it seems logical. I mean, it depends though. Can you go sign another first baseman? Do do you you know there are some people that would ask, would you move Jordan Walker there? Um, he used to be a third baseman, but he doesn't really have the agility to play third base, and he's a big guy. But I think he's going to end up being a good right fielder. I don't think he's going to be a gold glove right fielder, but I think he'll be fine. He's got a great arm, and I think it would be a waste to have a guy that, if he were a pitcher, would be throwing 94, 95 miles an hour. I think it would be a waste to have that at first base. So, yeah, I mean, Gorman makes sense there. Now, Gorman would be fine at third also, but he's not going to displace Nolan Arenado ever. He's never going to be at that level. Um, But first base would be a good spot. He's got the power for it. Where does Arenado set in his contract? Oh, he's got years. Okay. I mean, I think I think if I remember right, at least three more. And he's young enough that he's good for those years. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's thirty three now. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he had the back problems last year, which he said. In fact, he just did a, a Q and A with Katie Wu from the Athletic. Uh, just went up today, I think, at the Athletic, um, where he he said that he thinks that the back problems came up last year because he overworked himself trying mm. to get right because mm. there were times where he wasn't feeling right, and you know, a lot of guys when they're not right, the one thing they do is they probably work too hard. Yeah. And they end up creating other problems, but um. Yeah, I I think he'll be okay as far as, you know, getting into his mid-30s and being okay. He's got four more years, by the way. Um, and the, But the last year, he only makes $15 million. So if he's not great at age 36 for $15 million, not the end of the world. But I'd say you got at least another solid three years of him being Nolan Arenado, meaning one of the best defensive third basemen in the game and a middle-of-the-order bat. Yeah. Yeah, having played the infield, you know, to the degree that we mere mortals do, uh, what I'm most impressed with Arenado is that, uh, like, you know, I grew up watching Ozzy. Yeah. And he made the most amazing circus catches. With Arenado, he, how do I want to say this? He doesn't do that, but he makes amazing plays routinely. Does that make sense? It, it does for like sure. When he goes to his right and he backhands it and makes an amazing throw, he doesn't treat it like, hey, did you see that? It just feels like, yeah. yep. The the difference between them in terms of what it looks like. Yeah. They, they both made plays that other people cannot make. He reminds me of Brooks Robinson. Yeah. It, it, to a degree, that's probably a great comparison. Ozzy's would be more dynamic. And, and Wynn reminds me of Ozzy. Wynn's yes. the only guy. 
Uh, and I'm talking out of ignorance because I don't know every player. Mm-hmm. Wynn is the only guy I've seen where I went, woo, yeah. that's kind of like a play that Ozzy would make. Yeah, and the, you know, so when you watch Ozzy play, it's going to stand out more visually because he's usually covering more ground, and it's involving a diving play or something crazy where he's turning an amazing double play from behind the bag, and he flips it over his shoulder or whatever. But his is more the explosiveness, and that's what you're talking about with Mason Wynn, right? They're fast feet. They can move side to side in a big range. And then because they're athletic, they can get off throws quickly. The thing that Arenado does that to me is every bit as difficult, but just a different skill. He can throw from any body position. Mm -hmm. He can throw going to his left, going to his right, going back, coming Mm -hmm. in. And every one of the throws is a laser. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, I mean, I know how he did it. He practiced it. You know, it's one thing that when we were kids, we didn't get taught to practice the crazy plays. You just did the routine over and over and over and over. And then the guys that had special skills would make those special plays. Arnado train, and I'm sure Ozzy too. Arnado has talked about it though. He he practices those plays. That play where he's catching the ball as he's going toward the foul line, goes 20 feet into foul territory, throws back. He's practiced that. He's done it hundreds of times, and that's why he can do it. Yeah. And when you watch these two guys, they look different, but what they're doing is equally difficult and special. As I said, I, I never had a coach in my life until high school. Uh, when when our coaches were dads who would stand at first base with a running helmet and a beer. <laughs> and so everything we knew was just self-taught. And one of my favorite things to do, because we would play catch for hours. And you know how you play catch? Playing catch, and you're throwing grounders, and you're throwing some pop-ups. When we would play amazing catches, which was just like what it sounds like. You try to throw it in such a a way, in a place where if the guy catches it, it's going to be amazing. Yep. That oh my gosh, I could. That's the thing. Like Rach has talked about, if no one watched me, she could go back and play Barbies. I could stand in, in in the field by my mom's house and play catch and amazing catches for hours. Right now, today. yeah, we did that nonstop. I, mean, I couldn't do it physically, but we did that nonstop. I used to do that alone in my basement because mm-hmm. we had an unfinished basement with a, a with, a, with a tile floor. I did. I didn't like it very much. Oh, it's crap. But I could use the tennis ball and the <laughs> racket balls off the cement wall yep. because we had an unfinished basement with tile floor. Mm-hmm. So I just practiced all my sliding plays and diving plays and all that kind of stuff. Just how how far away can I throw it and yeah. still make the play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonstop. That's all I did. Every day in the summer, it was either that or outside with my friends doing the same thing. I've been on another nostalgic eBay tear lately. Oh, yeah? Mm. I just bought a uh, a Moonlight Frisbee, which was the glow-in-the-dark one from the 70s. And it came in, and I looked at it, and I'm like, yep. And it's, I mean, <laughs> I'm never going to throw it. I don't know what. Go out to your yard, like, from once you came, and just toss it as far as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave it there. It's dangerous. Like, evenings on eBay is very dangerous. Now, I never buy big ticket things. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But I, I'll buy three or four $20 things. I do the same thing. I'm like, I can't buy something that's $100. I have to get these uh, six $10 things yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> and when they come in, I get like three minutes of enjoyment. Like, yep, that's what that looked like. And then they're in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> Do you ever do stuff like that, Kevin? Do you ever get like nostalgia hits? If you see like a like a band T-shirt from no, no, the I mean, 80s I, I do or that. whatever, I think music I get that a lot. Like if I'll I'll see something that reminds me of something, and then that night I'll listen to that record when I'm getting ready to go to sleep mm-hmm. or whatever. That you know, listen to that that band that I haven't listened to in a while. What was the one I had a kick on not that long ago? It was 
Oh, you know what? It might have been Def Leppard because we were talking about it and I was making fun of mm-hmm. everything from uh, pour some sugar on me forward, which I hate and I hate all of it. But I went back and listened to Pyromania and I'm like, God, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, we've avoided politics long enough. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, so I'm watching Meet the Press and... uh, Kristen Welker says uh, Ron DeSantis was supposed to be on, but he's canceled all of his Sunday appearances because of scheduling conflicts. I'm like, that's a lie. (laughs) No one has that many scheduling conflicts. (laughs) And I figured then he was going to drop out. I didn't see the dropping out and endorsing Trump in the same speech coming. I thought he would uh, give it a little bit of time, pretend to have a little dignity at least, but I guess he couldn't even pretend that. Mm -mm. Thoughts? Worms. Do you think it's just because they spent all that money in Iowa and weren't close and oh, he's I think just out of right money? Move. I think it's the right move, and here's why. We have such a short memory. If he wants to come back in 2028 or 2032 or whatever it is, uh, we'll barely remember. We'll remember the lizard tongue. We'll remember the moon boots. <laughs> but every day that he spends in, in the race is a day we think of him as a loser. And if I were him, I would have done the same thing. He doesn't have a chance. Nikki Haley has a tiny chance, but not much of one. DeSantis had no chance. And so he had the choice of dropping out and ending the period where we think of this guy as just being a loser or extending it for another month or two. I think he made the right decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know I said this on the show back when he was still unannounced that I thought it would make sense to just not run now because he can't beat Trump. Yeah, none of them should Trump. Trump, right? None of them should be running. And I don't say that as somebody who likes Trump. I dislike Trump quite a bit. But none of them have even a shadow of a ghost of a chance. I have to say, uh, I'm not the dumbest guy in the world, and I did not in any way, shape, or form uh, expect Trump to get stronger. Yeah. Because of all the indictments. Yeah. I thought every bad thing that would happen to him, every indictment, every new story about something terrible about Trump would hurt him because that's the way humans work. That's the law of human physics. This guy absolutely goes against every natural law I've ever seen. So they had to be thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all were. Yeah. The, the Time Magazine cover, whatever, DeSantis, like, he's the next guy. He's the next guy because Trump had no chance. I don't think anyone really saw this coming, that Trump would not only be a player, but he would be stronger than he's ever been because of his troubles. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one difference maker. He's the one guy that nothing takes down. Mm-hmm. Nothing brings you know, nothing brings him back to the pack. Um, I, I, but I, it's just a weird thing to me. I know it's politics, and it, it, it happens with Democrats and Republicans, but it's weird to me that you spent the last several months talking about why this other guy is a problem. Right. Trump's a problem. He can't he's not the right guy. I'm the right guy. And then as soon as you're pulling out, you're like, yeah, you know what? Trump's the well, right see, guy. This is what I thought was so fascinating about this primary in particular uh, compared to all of the other ones that we've had is that th- in this primary, they could never really go against Trump that much, except for Christie, who I think he was just in it to see if, who he could upset. Uh, you You can't talk about how you want to run without paying fealty to the guy who's also running and all the way in first. You can't really go after him because you're going to upset the base too much. Then why so you run? have to go like you have to go like I will be the best president we've ever had except for Trump who actually was the best president we've ever had and we we need to go back to the way it was 4 years ago. That's why if and I it's were like DeSantis, well that guy is running and that yeah. guy is going to running against you right now. That's why if I were in DeSantis' shoes I would have waited till 28. Yeah. Kiss the ring, make them all love you just like they love him and then you go into 28 having never once crossed the big guy. It, it reminds me of when you are playing baseball and you're trying to steal second and you're leading off first, but you don't just you don't just go willy nilly out there. You're you're still looking to go back to first. And watching DeSantis attack Trump, watching Nikki Haley attack Trump, that's how it feels. Very they're cautious. not will they're not willing to really steal second. No. They're just trying to see how far out they can get. Oh, he's an agent of chaos. It follows him. This, this, this. Nikki Haley's becoming more aggressive now because she has to. It's a two person race. But they're all to me, they they just they didn't have the guts or the balls to steal second base. Yeah. What question for you guys? I know we don't have a lot of time, but do you think the people that were supporting DeSantis split between Haley and Trump all go to Trump? Um, were those people that are like, you know, I like Trump, but I need a different voice. Do they go all to Haley? How does that split up? I'd guess 50 50. You think? Yeah, I think so. There's some people supporting DeSantis because they hate Trump. And others supporting him because they like DeSantis. Right. I think if you don't hate Trump, you probably go to Trump. Right. But right. if you were there because, oh, I'd never vote for this guy again. Like the, the the people that are like, I like the policies, but not the personality. Yeah, exactly. They flip to Haley? Yes. Okay. We can do this on the other side. Okay. Uh, quick break. Right back. DGS and Cable X. 337 DGS. Dave Murray was kind enough to start the show with us, and he returns now. Uh... Well, Amy Marks, of course, sort of lost your mind over Dave, didn't she? I know. I, that's really, great, though. Really, I love it. Really embarrassed herself. Yeah. I need her. I need her on every show. Every show, I need her on. <laughs> Dave's like, I'm moving to a show earlier in the day now. We need her to start <laughs> so that she can freak out about Dave. You know, um, I still have my Rubicon. 11 years old, 200,000 miles, just love it. I have a relationship with that car. I've never had a relationship with a car before that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It was just a car. And it's not like Christine or something, but. (laughs) (laughs) but It whispers to me. I was thinking it because I got out this morning, I put it in four wheel, which I never do. And then I thought, well, that does absolutely no good. Nope, you're still sliding. (laughs) You're still sliding. (laughs) It's ice. It's ice. (laughs) Dave, did you see, uh, I saw it on TikTok, the video of the fire truck in Imperial? I just watched it. I just watched it. Uh, my my grandson is with us this week, four years old. I can't wait to show him. Ooh, that was something <laughs> else, man. 
He loves disasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a bit of a walking disaster, so that's okay. <laughs> so uh, how have things changed? How are we tracking for the night? You know, for the most part, we're hanging around 35, 36 degrees. That's good, though. I am seeing little pockets like low-lying areas that are still 32, 33. For the most part, we're in good shape, but there's still going to be these pockets of freezing rain from time to time. Most of the surfaces have been treated. I think we're in, in pretty good shape, but that's the story this evening, and that's the story overnight. I think the chances of freezing rain are going to be mainly over the next two to three hours as we settle back to 32, 33. After that, we'll actually start to go up a little bit. Tomorrow's a cloudy day, a little bit of light rain and drizzle. I don't see a lot of moisture tomorrow, but it's kind of a gloomy day. 45, though, for the high. A steady rain kicks back in Tuesday night. 40 degrees, so it's all liquid. Wednesday, periods of rain even warmer on Wednesday, 52. Periods of rain Wednesday night, 42. And Thursday, mostly cloudy. A couple of rain showers, but 55 for the high on Thursday. So we've broken the back of the deep Arctic freeze for now. Um, obviously, any amount of uh, precipitation helps. Is this going to get us close to back to even? <sighs> It helps. It, you know, every amount helps. That's the key. The rivers are still really low. Uh, we'd, we'd still like to see a fair amount of rain, but we've, we're not even at the halfway point of winter yet. So let, let's get this winter done and see where we are. So, Dave, I was uh, driving over to South Roxana to visit my mom this weekend. I always love going over the bridges and seeing the Mississippi. Even growing up here, it's still just like, damn, it's just so cool. And it, oh, was, yeah. it seemed to be like a third to a half frozen. Does the Mississippi ever freeze over? It has. It absolutely has. Now, you have to go really way back in time. Mm -hmm. There was uh, there was some times in the 80s where a lot of ice was on the river. Uh, but but you really have to go back. They were driving, you know, the horses on the ice, people walking wow. across the river on wow. ice. And, wow. you know, so you go back to the 1800s. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it definitely froze. Dave will probably know more about this than Wheeler. But Wheeler, since you grew up there, to what extent do the Great Lakes freeze? Oh, they freeze over real quick, but it, but closer yeah. to, closer to the shore for sure. Yeah, I think the right. further out you go, the thinner it is. But no, that's that's normal. I mean, people go out there and skate and everything. And that's the key to the you know the the Great Lakes, the snow machines, the the cold air blowing over the relatively warm water creates the heavy downwind snows like Buffalo and Syracuse yeah. and Watertown. You always hear about that. You heard about it in the Buffalo stuff for the last couple of weeks. But if you get a really cold winter and the lakes tend to freeze over, then the snow machine shuts down because you have cold air blowing over ice and it just doesn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it, just we used to just, my, my friend down the street, a couple houses down, they would flood their backyard every year, and we had an ice rink for months. Wow. It never melted. It oh, never yeah. went away. It just stayed that way for the entire winter. That's how I learned how to I skate. Lived it, mm. Yeah, I lived in Buffalo when I was young, I, probably, and it was just for one winter. I think I was like five, maybe, and, and we tunneled out of the house. <laughs> wow! To get out to get to get to the driveway, you had to tunnel out. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, this you saw the with the now. Granted, I was five. You know, I was five years old, so it probably was looked a lot deeper than it really was. But I do remember <laughs> tunneling out of the house. Have you guys ever been like snowed in? In like you literally can't get out of wherever you are to go to work so or whatever. When I was in Anchorage, it's amazing just the standards 
You know, like right. uh, the the snow of '82, Dave. You were here, I yep. was here. Oh yeah. And uh, I famously, uh, I had a girlfriend who lived about ten miles north, and I said I'm going to go see her. And my mom and dad are like, "No, you're not. How are you going to get there?" I'm like, "I'll walk." They're like, "Take off." And yeah, I did. You know, that's kind of thing parents <laughs> did back then. And I made it about two blocks. I'm like, you know what? I think I might get a new girlfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a picture of my dad and I on the roof of the house where my mom still lives shoveling the roof so it didn't fall in but in yeah. An- my point is in anchorage where you know that's going to happen it's just like you're just walking in tunnels of snow right it's just like mm-hmm. oh, okay well. yeah i mean i i do remember living in chicago we had one where because it was a lot of snow but also a lot of wind and drifting that our garage door was the snow was like four feet five feet high up brushed up against the garage door but it wasn't that much snow, if you get if I get what I'm saying. It's just blowing around. It was yeah. drifting. Right? Yeah. The drifting snow. You want to do a couple of stories, Andrew? We do a couple of stories. Brought to you by Schnooks. Brought to you by Schnooks. Thank you very, Schnooks. very much. Uh, this one I, I just thought was kind of interesting. Japanese automaker uh, shut, had to shut down after faking safety test. Uh, Daihatsu Motor Company, which is a subsidiary of Toyota, uh, they will they falsified 200 airbag tests over 30 years. So for 30 years, they've been faking airbag tests and going, it's fine. It works perfectly. And they just found out about it. And so they had to uh, they had to close all their factories. Hmm. In a related story, did you see that uh, they're making noise about uh, pulling more Boeing airplanes in and testing them for other things after the, yes. the door blew off or oh. got sucked off or whatever it was? No, I didn't see that story. I did see one, though, where... A passenger sitting over the wing looked out and saw like three or four or five bolts missing and alerted the staff and they had to cancel the flight and it's ground that nightmare. plane. They saw a bunch of little gremlins crawling on the wing. Oh, that scene was the best. Look. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I I I said this I think I just said this like last week, but it's like what happened with air travel? Like we just we can all the planes are falling apart. Pilots are refusing to fly unless their wife can go with them. Like it just feels like air travel has totally fallen apart. Yeah, in the Dave, last, you like, didn't two hear years. that one. I'll give you the sixty-second version. Our boss Steve Moore was in Cancun, and uh, it was like eighty-five degrees on the plane, and they'd been on the tarmac for an hour. And it came to find out that the pilot was trying to get his wife on the flight, and uh, Frontier Airlines was saying no, there's not enough room. So he got up and walked out. He literally walked <laughs> off yeah. the plane and quit. And so they. Yeah. Said we're gonna have to put you up for the night, and we'll we'll fly you out tomorrow. And then they said, "Hey, we have a pilot. We're gonna take off in an hour." And it was the same guy. Like they <laughs> yeah. they talked him into I, flying the plane. I'm like, that's the, I bet they did. That's the last guy I want flying the well, plane. Well, they let his wife on. They gave him what he wanted. I'd rather the wife fly the plane. <laughs> uh, I thought this was interesting because we see stuff like this a lot, especially if you spend enough time on the internet. Uh, DeSantis ended his campaign yesterday, of course, with a fake Winston Churchill quote. Uh, so in a video announcing his campaign end, he said uh, this quote that he attributed to Churchill, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. Uh, however, the International Churchill Society says it can't find any record of that quote ever existing in any of his writing or speeches or books. And uh, they found a bunch of like online sources like, you know, Uber quotes on Twitter or whatever that attributed to Lincoln. Although there's also no proof that Lincoln said it. So you see this a lot. If you if you follow those accounts that are like a quote a day or whatever or inspirational (laughs) quotes, making stuff, they're completely made up. They'll be like uh, (laughs) it'll be like that. It'll be like, don't forget 
uh, success is what you make it unless you fail and failing's okay. And George you know, Washington you, said no, that. Say, no, no, that was, that one was, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh, I blew it. The Genghis art of war guy. <laughs> oh, Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu said Tzu. that. <laughs> Dang it, I blew it. <laughs> if I were ever in that position. Sun Tzu also said that. Really big moment. I would quote like Carrot Top or something. Like, you know. <laughs> or just use your own words. Phyllis Diller. Yeah. You're a governor. A You're running for president. Maybe from, you right. should have some of your own words. You from just say it like I always say. Like I always say, uh, I yeah. I'm failing a run for president. God forbid somebody running for president has thoughts of their own. Would it have been amazing if he would have said, "I did my best, but looking back, I uh, don't appear to be human. I was wearing women's moon boots, <laughs> and uh, I flicker my tongue like a snake." <laughs> you know, oh, man. Did it you just guys, didn't work out. Did yeah. you guys see the clip from Barbie where she takes off her heel shoes and yeah. is able to go flat? And it was like DeSantis as soon as he yeah. gets off the campaign you trail. Know he should have quoted. He should have quoted Boris Johnson. Remember when he had something go wrong and he's like, yeah. "Them's the brakes." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. Said that. Oh man. Alrighty. Very little time here, but. But uh, my mom said something really interesting over uh, my visit with her this this weekend. And I know why we can't do this, but she was just talking about all the, you know, DeSantis and all this stuff. And she said, just why can't you just put them all on the ballot? Like, you know, you have to get 500,000 signatures or something like that. And you can be on the ballot. You have 10 people on the ballot. Like, put them all on the ballot. And, and I thought, it's not a bad idea. You know, like, go in. You've got... Trump and DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I understand why they do it. I think why they do it is because the parties historically, DNC, RNC, uh, wanted to have all the control, and I'm sure they're making money and all this kind of thing. Uh, therefore, you can't just go willy-nilly. But it also feels like they just don't trust us or think we're smart enough to keep up with five or ten people as opposed to just two. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, yep. it's definitely the control thing. And not to mention you want to marshal all resources toward your party gaining the White House or the Senate seat or whatever. Uh, but they, they definitely don't trust us. We don't just have Chevy and Ford. <laughs> nope. We can we can look at Toyota and Porsche and Audi and all sorts of things. Yeah. But when it comes to this, it's like, oh, you guys just, you don't have the attention span, which is probably I true. Mean, <laughs> the, the, clearly, we're not trusted. I mean, the, the Electoral College exists. I mean, if it really is just the will of the people, let's count the votes and go. I wonder if that'll change in our lifetimes. I don't know, man. I don't know. But it, you know, it does, you know, people are worried about the imbalances, but it also creates an artificial imbalance, right? Another thing, too. I mean, like, because really, what's this, what is this, white? what does this presidential race come down to? Three states. I because know, of the Electoral College, three states. I know states. that this was the, the, the caucus. It's not the election. But I get pissed when the GOP... Uh, is saying that the election was stolen and like mail-in ballots, you can't trust them. And yet, what were they doing? They were collecting votes in paper bags and popcorn boxes. Mm -hmm. And I get that it's Iowa and everyone's like, oh, that's just so cool and it's just so old-timey. Can't mess with that well, at all. Well, then shut up about mail-in stuff. It's all fine. Everybody's done their investigation. They found nothing. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today.
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.